You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. The sermon this afternoon is on the subject of Lord's Day 40, which is the commandment, you shall not murder. We will read two parts of the Holy Scriptures. First, from the prophecies of Isaiah, we read chapter 11, verse 1 through 10, and after that, from Revelation chapter 22, we read verse 12 through 17. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. There will neither, they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. We read from that same future in Revelation 22, Verse 12 through 17. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs those who practice magic, arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bright say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. The subject for the sermon this afternoon is the sixth commandment of the law of God. Let us read what we confess as church in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 14, when it comes to this commandment. What does God require in the sixth commandment? I am not to dishonor, hate, 
injure or kill my neighbor by thoughts, words, or gestures, and much less by deeds, whether personally or through another. Rather, I am to put away all desire of revenge. Moreover, I am not to harm or recklessly endanger myself. Therefore, also, the government bears the sword to prevent murder. But does this commandment speak only of killing? By forbidding murder, God teaches us that he hates the root of murder, such as envy, hatred, anger, and desire of revenge, and that he regards all these as murder. Is it enough, then, that we do not kill our neighbor in any such way? No. When God condemns envy, hatred, and anger, he commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, to show patience, peace, gentleness, mercy, and friendliness toward him, to protect him from harm as much as we can, and to do good even to our enemies. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is really only one commandment of God. You shall not murder there are actually no other commandments. Do you believe that? I bet you can mention at least 10 minus 1 is 9 other commandments. We actually read them, read them this very morning in this very church building. And if we can trust the rabbis, which we can on this point, then an accurate count of all commandments in the Old Testament numbers them at 613. Decrees and prohibitions. That's true. But you know, our Lord Jesus Christ once told us, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Do love, that's the positive decree, don't murder, that's the same commandment, in a form of a prohibition. You know, in the beginning, there really only was just one commandment. And again I state, it was actually this commandment, and Adam could obey but he didn't want to. Adam could obey. That's an understatement. The picture the Bible gives of the beginning is that God had made a world that was good and that God had made man in his image, which is more than good. The gravity of sin and the shadow of death were not at home in that reality of the beginning. One cannot come up with one good reason why Adam would want to live another life than the life he had. One cannot fathom the depth and boundlessness of the love between God and man. Why would Adam not want to listen to his God and his one commandment? Adam could, but he didn't want to. Adam committed sin. Adam 
committed murder. Did he commit murder? Was it sin that he actually killed someone? Is it not so that the Bible names another man as the first murderer and a brother murderer at that? Well, yes and no. Yes, yes, Cain was the first actual murderer and a brother murderer at that. Although in a deeper sense, any murder is to kill a brother, a sister. Yet, no, Cain was not the one who introduced murder in that world of the beginning. That honor goes to Adam, dishonor. No, you're right, the commandment, the one commandment God had given to Adam was not, you shall not murder, it was, you shall not eat. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was the one commandment from the beginning. But as you will understand, this one commandment was an actual expression of the one true commandment. You shall love. Break that one commandment. And you close the door on love while you open the door to death. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The one single commandment has always been, love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. Adam broke that commandment and introduced death into our world as a punishment. In the Bible, death is always connected to punishment. Adam broke the commandment and introduced death into our world. In the long term, he killed himself and his wife and so on. He murdered his neighbor as well as himself. Didn't love them, but killed them. And did he also kill his Lord? No. Not his Lord. Not this Lord. Just as your love for him is not necessary for him, your Lord, to live, so also your hate for him cannot be lethal to him. Your breaking of his commandment, of course it can't. The whole idea of life is for the full 100% invented by God. He is the very source of life. If it is already difficult to extinguish a blazing oil well, it is impossible to extinguish the fire of life in God. Here's the curse you only think of when you wish someone would die. Oh yes, you can be thankful that thoughts don't have immediate consequences in the world we live in. But please keep in mind that they do have consequences in the world of God. He detects your curse and makes sure that it doesn't affect the other. But if nothing is done, it will hit you like a boomerang. No, this commandment is not only about the act of murder. It is also about how well you treat yourself, for example. If the positive commandment of the Lord is, love the Lord and your neighbor as yourself, then the prohibition is, you shall not murder your neighbor or yourself. 
And again, it's not only about murder, but about any form of self-destructive behavior. So, if you have ever found yourself doing 140 on the highway while talking in your cell phone, listen carefully. It is not only hard for the paramedics who will have to fix you up after the crash, it is also an insult to your maker that you are so thoughtless about something that is so precious to him, namely you. Let this commandment then hit you in the face. Or may this commandment be a gentle hand on your shoulder. When in your life other ways of self-destruction can be found. Whether it is anorexia or cutting yourself or other things. Do not believe the voices that force you to hurt yourself. Believe the voice of the one who says, do not hurt, you shall not murder. Believe the voice of the one who says, love yourself as you love your neighbor. God is the one who heals by profession. He is the God of joy and love and life. Don't injure yourself. You're way too beautiful to damage yourself. In the eyes of the Lord you are. And he knows, for he made you himself. Hey, and may this commandment be a clear, a clear signal to any government too. Paradoxically, the, paradoxically, the Heidelberg Catechism teaches us that the government bears the sword to prevent murder. It doesn't sound very productive to prevent murder by murder. Of course, we have to realize that what is forbidden by the sixth commandment is indeed murder and capital punishment is not forbidden. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not pleading for reintroduction of the gallows, nor am I saying that capital punishment should never be done. The fact is that the Bible tells us that the God of life hates murder so much that he hands his sword to governments. And even if the electric chair is replaced by doing a lifetime, then there still is the police who has the right to use violence, an army that has the right to defend the homeland at any cost. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by men shall his blood be shed. The medicine is far from ideal, but what it cures was even worse. So here we are, and we listen to a commandment that is as broad as life itself. It is said that a marker of the state of civilization, of a society, is the implementation of the golden rule. Do not do unto others as you would have, that they should not do unto you. But in the Bible, the standard is even set higher. This is the true measurement of civilization according to the standards of the kingdom of God. Is it enough then that we do not kill our neighbor in any such way? No. When God condemns envy, hatred, and anger, he commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
to show patience, peace, gentleness, mercy, and friendliness toward him, to protect him from harm as much as we can, and to do good even to our enemies. There we have our work cut out for us. Indeed, we have mission impossible. Even Adam, even if Adam would, he could not. Even if I would, I cannot. If the Lord reveals to me a world in which the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, calf and the lion and the yearling together, and I think only in my dreams. This is so far away from the world we are used to. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. I'm not going to ask Jessica if she would allow her little one to play with snakes, but I know the answer she would give. I know what my answer should, would be over my dead body. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Prophecy of Isaiah. Word of the Lord. Just a dream? No. God's reality. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Look. The whole gospel of Jesus Christ may sound like a dream to us. In this world, murder, death are inescapable. Even if you would want to change that, you couldn't change it. That is, until Christ came. He wanted change. So that's what he brought. Wherever he came, he brought joy and Love and life. Uh, just ask Lazarus. Just ask that mother from Nain. Ask the newlyweds from Cana. Ask Mary and Martha. Ask the 5,000 plus at the lakeside. And then the 8,000 plus at another occasion. Ask his disciples. Ask his friends. You shall not murder indeed. Do the opposite. Build and heal. And let live. That's what Jesus Christ did. Now the ruler of this world. Couldn't stand it. Ever since Adam allowed sin to creep into this world. The one rule of this world had become. You will die. It may take some time, but it will come. So when Jesus Christ enters this world, he will have to obey to the rule of this world and die too. It may take some time, if it doesn't happen in Bethlehem. Golgotha will come and death. And Christ's answer was, I will. He who loved his neighbor as his God 
he didn't love his own life so much that he wanted to evade death. He could have, but he didn't want to. It is like the old prophet said to his mother at his presentation as a child in the temple, a sword will pierce your own soul too. This child, Christ, especially this Christ, has come to die. But then, in that clash of the laws of hate and death with the laws of love and life, God proves himself to be the stronger one. The force of death may be at home in this world, but God was and is and will be the Lord of this world. And Jesus Christ has come to conquer death, and now he sets his rules. So these are the rules. One, you belong, whether you know it or not, to the world of Adam. That is the world of breaking the one commandment, and that is the world of death, inescapably. But this is the covenant of grace. In a world where death rules, the death of Christ may count as yours, and your death will still come, but not inescapable. Your death won't be a wall, but a door. Not period, but comma. The story of your life here may end one day, but someplace else, the Lord continues reading the story of your life. Your life. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.